Isaiah chapter 11. And uh, I want to talk to you about how the Lord has used young people and how he does use young people as well uh, in these days that we're in. Let's uh, stand, if you will, Isaiah chapter number 11. And uh, let's read uh, uh, down through verse number 6, beginning at the first of the chapter. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow forth out of his roots. And, uh, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with, his rod, with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And the righteous shall be the, uh, the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness shall be the girdle of his reins. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion, uh, 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 and, and the young lion, and the, and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and mercy, and for the privilege of being back tonight in the house of the Lord for this worship service. And we ask that your blessing to be upon us as we worship you together. And would you bless your servant, Lord, as we stand before these folks to say the things that you'd have us to, Lord, that your name would be honored and glorified and that your will would be accomplished. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. And now you can be seated. I won't ask you to stand up through the whole sermon. <laughs> uh, the last part, the uh, last verses that I read in this passage here was a little child shall lead them. Jesus made a statement four times in the New Testament, except you are converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Four different times he made that statement. Children are important. Children are very important. They need the instruction. Uh, they need help. They need courage. And they need somebody to be an example for them. Uh, they need, uh, 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 you, you, we have all kinds of programs out in the, uh, in the, the, uh, the, the world of, uh, uh, what is it, uh, big brother, big sister, uh, these types of things have, uh, uh, places down here at the, uh, uh, in, in town, we support one of them, what is it that when we, uh, where Brad's involved with, uh, Boys club, girls club, all sorts of these things. And they're designed to help young people that need some guidance in life. And every young person needs guidance. Everyone. Ever, well, adult needs it as well. But uh, they, they have guidance counselors in schools. And it's so very important that they get the spiritual uh, guidance and, and the counseling that they need from Christians, from folks who are around them, associate with them uh, from day to day. So they're very, very important. This passage of scripture here in, in uh, Isaiah chapter 11 is a very interesting chapter. It talks about the things that's going to happen. 
He talks about the, 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 the stem of Jesse and uh, the branch that shall grow out of the roots, which is talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. If you look and you see a star there beside uh, these verses, and most of the Bibles of the first three verses, I believe, have these stars, the Spirit of the Lord is going to be upon him, and Spirit of wisdom and understanding, Spirit of counsel and might, and so on. This talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, and the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Uh, and so, uh, and, and he shall... Uh, 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 have a, a quick understanding and the fear of the Lord uh, uh, and he shall judge uh, shall not judge after the sight of his eyes neither reprove after the hearing of his, of his ears but with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the, uh, the meek of the earth and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and, uh, and, uh, and uh, the breath of his lips shall slay the wicked and uh, and then he goes on to talk about in here in verse number six, of how, and this here I think is talking about the work of Christ on this earth, of, of what he has already done and what he's going to do. Uh, he's going to, uh, and I think that this passage here, the best understanding I can get from this is that he's talking about the things that Christ done on this earth that we know of up till now. Remember now this is prophecy. Isaiah was a prophet. And uh, that Isaiah is telling about the things that's going to come. And he's also talking about the millennium, uh, the millennium, the thousand years reign with Christ here on this earth. And that's what he's talking about here in verse number six. The wolf uh, also and uh, shall dwell with the lamb. Now they are, are uh, enemies of one another. The wolf and the lamb. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense at all to think about that. And there'd have to be a complete turn around in the nature if we're talking about this in a literal sense. There'd have to be a complete turnaround. Uh, it's not like wolves to eat grass. They eat meat. That's, that's what they need. But when Christ, when Christ brings this all to pass, and you know in the Bible, when you, if you, and, and don't want to spend too much time on this because I've got some other things I want to talk to you about, uh, but uh, it talks about the, uh, the, uh, the, the wolves and sheep's clothing. Uh, and that's symbolic uh, that, that he's talking about. He's talking about uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the shepherds that come in sheep's clothing, uh, you know, and, and uh, disguise. Uh, uh, but, but these things, and I believe during that time that it's going to be peaceable like that. I don't know if he's talking about real animals will be alive on the earth at that time or not. It seems to me like that everything's going to be destroyed and God's going to bring us down from back up in heaven where we've been for the marriage supper of the Lamb. And spent seven years and going to come back down here. Uh, so I'm not, I, but the thing about it is that it's going to be real. Uh, wouldn't it be wonderful that if we had a time today like when you went down to Shoney's to eat lunch, that everybody could, uh, could play with any of the children that was there? And you would not be afraid to say, hey, it's all right. You take my baby over there. And, and if you want to play with her for a while, that's all right. Or if you want to play with him, wouldn't that be wonderful? You know, I have a hard time. And I, I know one of these days I'm going to get told off. Hey, I've been told off before, so <laughs> what's new? Uh, but, you know, those children, you know, they look back and smile. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm prone to say something to them. You know, I, you know I, I just can't help it. I, I mean, they're just, uh, uh, they're precious. And I don't, uh, 
Uh, I, I can't see how anybody can mistreat them. But that's what's going to be the time. And uh, 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 this is what it's discussing here in verse number 6. And a little child shall lead them. I think that in this world that we see some examples of children leading a lot of adults in the right direction. By the way, we see some that's leading adults in the wrong direction. That never happened at our house. We knew who was a leader, and we knew who better follow. <laughs> or we'd get in trouble as sure as the world. But I want to look at three examples right quickly, if I may, tonight of the little ones, and, uh, and not necessarily all real, real small children. First one to think about is David. David, uh, the first thing when you think about David, uh, you think about uh, uh, you, you think about uh, uh, David and Goliath. Now David done a lot of things besides slaying the giant, uh, and he was a great king and a great leader. But no, uh, most everybody uh, 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 connects David with Goliath. And David was a young boy. David wasn't. Uh, he didn't, he didn't get much encouragement to get out there and go on and do what he could. Uh, he didn't get that. You know, even his daddy, you remember when uh, uh, Samuel, wasn't it, uh, went down to Jesse's house and uh, he, he looked at all, he had uh, seven of the boys come by, didn't even bother to bring David in from out in the field. So his daddy maybe thought, well, he'll never amount to much, you know, uh, <laughs> Now, he might have been a run, and I, you know, uh, I, I don't know if he was or not. I don't know what size he was physically, uh, but, uh, but, uh, uh, but he didn't get very much of a good start to begin with. And when he went out to where the battle was going on, he sent out there by his dad uh, to see about his brothers, how they were doing in the battle. And, and David, uh, uh, he, uh, uh, he went, uh, went out there, and his brothers got after him and said, what are you doing out here anyway? Who's taking care of them little, uh, that little bunch of sheep that's uh, back home? You need to get back there and take care of them things. Uh, you, you, uh, you, I, we know how naughty you are. We know what, you're out here to see the excitement. He says, is there not a cause? Hey, I come out here because Dad told me to. to. Uh, they shouldn't have questioned that. They, he was following the orders uh, of his dad. And this, uh, this giant come down the hillside, cursing the armies of Israel and making all kinds of threat and asking for one man to come out and fight against him. And uh, put it in Russell County paraphrasing, David says somebody needs to go out and take him down a couple of notches. That's what they need to do. They need to, they need to set him straight. That man's got no right. Uh, hey, he was a big guy. He was nine feet, nine inches tall. He was only six inches under the basketball goal. What would the Lakers pay for him? All they'd have to do is just to get the ball. Every time they get it, just bring it to him and he'd stand up there and down through the floor, you know. <laughs> and I imagine his body, the rest of his body, was pretty well balanced with his height. He was a strong, strong guy. But that didn't make any difference to David. David didn't go out there to show off. He wasn't interested in showing off. He was interested in doing something for his Lord. And that's what we need to embed in the minds and hearts of our young people that it's important that we do what the Lord wants us to do. And it's important that children do that. Uh, that and we give them that opportunity uh, to do, uh, do these things as well. And David asked, said, what, what, will they, what, what will they do for the man that goes out and fights against him? And, uh, you know, and some of the, well, and, and his brothers, that's when it said, son, you ought to go back home. You got no business out here. We can't let you go down there. You're our little brother. They were cowards. They wouldn't go. 
uh, and said, you're our little brother. Get back home. Take care of them little scrawny sheep. You know, take care of what you can handle. And David asked some more. And they said, well, the king uh, would probably set you up and maybe even give his daughter to you uh, for a wife. Uh, lots of things the king's got in store for you. And David says, I'll go. I'll go, I can, I'll go down and fight against it. And they, they come and told Saul, said, we found somebody who wants to go fight against Goliath. What do you think about it? Saul said, bring him here. You remember he had played the harp. Isn't it amazing how we soon forget that he played the harp when Saul got this evil spirit come on upon him, you know, and Saul didn't even recognize him. Come up in the field. Saul was scared out of his wits too, probably. Uh, but uh, he uh, uh, and David come and, 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 and Saul tried to, to reason with David. He said, David, he says, you can't go and fight against this man. Look at the size of this man. Look at the size of him. He says, uh, uh, you're just a, a young person. You're, you, you're in your youth. And this man has been a warrior since his youth. He's a seasoned warrior. And you can't go fight against him. David says, I tell you what. He said, when I was taking care of dad's sheep, he said, a lion come in and, and took a lamb, and I took the lamb away from him and killed him. He said, a bear come in and done the same thing. I'd done the same thing to the bear. And he says, the God that, that delivered me out of the hands, of, uh, out of the paw of the bear and, and, the, and, the, and the lion will do the same thing to this uncircumcised Philistine, this heathen out here. He's got no right to do that. He's got no right to talk about my God. That's... that's uh, uh, my God that he's talking about. He's got no right for that. And David went out. Saul tried to get him ready, you know. Now, if we're going to, uh, when we get ready to do the things that the Lord wants us to do, we've got to let the Lord get us ready for the battle. Now, it, uh, uh, a man can't, now man can help us. Don't, don't, under, don't misunderstand me. Uh, but uh, but uh, we, we need to let the Lord uh, direct us uh, in, the, in the battle for him. And so Saul said, let me put my armor on you. Put that armor on there. <laughs> nothing didn't fit. The sword probably drugged the ground. David didn't need nothing like that in his way. Uh, he, uh, he couldn't use, uh, he couldn't use uh, 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 none of that stuff. And David says, I, don't, I can't go. I've not tested this stuff. I haven't proved it. I, I, I can't fight with this. I'll just go with what I'm used to. And they said, what all do you need? We'll get whatever you need. What do you need? He said, I don't need anything. I don't need anything. I just got my sling. I got my, uh, my staff, and that's what I use in the field, and that's all I need. God used it out there. He'll use it here. And David went down and, 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 uh, to meet the giant, and the giant come down on, on the other side of the hill and saw who was coming out to fight him, and he said, Am I a dog that you've come out to fight against me uh, with a stick? And David just took all of that in stride, just kept on going. He had a work to do. Went down to the brook and picked him up uh, uh, five smooth stones, put them in his shepherd's bag, put one of them in that sling, and went out to meet the giant. And the giant says, you come to me, and I'm going to feed your flesh uh, to the birds of the air. I'm going to, the, 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 uh, the, the vulture is going to eat you today. I'm going to tire you limb from limb. And he says, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, with a shield, and I come to you in the name of the Lord God of the host of, of, of Israel. And he says, this day the Lord's going to deliver you in my hand, and I'm going to cut your head off, and all of Israel will know that there's still a God in Israel. And it happened just exactly that way. David used that stone. There was one spot that wasn't covered up in the forehead, and that's all he needed. That's all he needed was one shot, 
and he hid him in that place that was, uh, was open. And I believe that God directed that stone and made sure that it hit the right place. Down he went, and when he failed, the rest of them run. And David didn't have a sword, so he got up, on, uh, got up to the giant and took his sword and cut his head off. He delivered him. Then that was a young man. David was a young man then, and he hadn't had much encouragement from Mr. Anybody, folks. Just to be honest about it. But David was determined, and God used him in a mighty way. That's talked about in, in 1 Samuel chapter number 17 and along through that. And there's another young person in the Old Testament that's talked about and over in the book of Exodus chapter number 2. And this, uh, uh, this girl's name is Miriam. You remember that Moses uh, had a sister that was Miriam. Now in the time when they were down in Egypt and during this time that the children that were born... Uh, the Egyptians had made slaves out of, the, out, of, out of the Israelites. And during this time, when children were born and the midwives that took care of them, they were supposed to save the girl babies, but they were supposed to kill the boy babies. Does that sound like anything today? They don't make a choice of it anymore, and they don't wait for them to get into the world. Why? Well, <laughs> I'm thinking that God will look on the Pharaoh with the same approval of drowning those little boys after they were born, throwing them in the river, as he looks on the people today that uh, kill the little babies before they get out of their mother's body. Same thing as far as I'm concerned. But anyhow, Moses was a special baby. Every baby is a special baby. But they saw that he was a special baby. And God needed somebody that he could trust to teach one of those boys some things that he, had, and that he needed to get done. And so he uh, 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 picked uh, uh, Jochebed. And, uh, he, uh, uh, and when Moses was born, they saw that he was a special child. And they hid him for three months. And they felt like they couldn't keep him hid any longer. So his mother fixed a basket and put him in it and, and took him down by the river and set him in the, the, uh, the flags or the weeds that, uh, the, uh, down by the river to see what would happen. And Miriam was just a young girl, uh, a real young girl. But she was on guard not far away from her little brother in that basket. And uh, she was close enough to get to him. And Pharaoh's daughter came down to the river for a swim, a bath, whatever she came for. But she came down to the river. And Moses started crying. And Miriam was standing a little ways off. And uh, Pharaoh's daughter came over to look in that basket. She says, that's one of the Hebrew babies. And he's, he's crying. A cry and a smile is the same in every language, uh, everywhere. So that cry got her attention. She said, I'm going to take him for my little boy. I'm going to adopt him. Hey, I, I'd like to, and he's a cute little fellow. I'm just, uh, man, what we can do. I, I want to see him grow up, and they ain't going to let that little baby die. They're not going to throw him in the river. Uh, I'll just, uh, I'll talk dad out of this, and I'm going to adopt him, and he's going to become a part of my family. And she did. And marry him. The little girl, standing back here a little distance, ran down to the basket and asked Pharaoh's daughter, would you like for me to find you a nurse? Now, it took a special person in that day to be a nurse. 
When they said a nurse, that's exactly what they meant. There had to be a mother that could nurse the baby. They, they, they didn't have all of these things that we've got now, uh, the, the formula and all of this kind of stuff. Uh, Luke and Lee drunk uh, barrels of that stuff. <laughs> Infamil, wasn't that what it was? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they got the bellies to prove it, I'll tell you. <laughs> Oh, me. But they didn't have that. And she said, yes, as you go get a nurse to, to, raise, to take care of this baby for me, she can just take it and, and nurse it and take care of it uh, till, till he's, he's big enough to eat the, the food and wean. And, 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 says, and, and you tell her that if she'll take this baby, and she said, I'm sure I can find you one. I can find you one. Uh, don't, don't worry about that. Uh, I, I can find you one. And tell her that she'll take care of the baby, that I'll pay her her wages. All I want her to do is just take care. And back she went lickety-split, got her mommy to come out and got her little brother, and back home they went. And God uh, uh, allowed Moses to grow up and all the things that he went through and become one of the greatest leaders that's ever been known to mankind. Could have been two, three million people that Moses led single-handedly out of Egypt, I'll tell you, and all the things that he went through. But he was a meek man and God used him. So Miriam was used to save, uh, to, to save her brother Moses or to find him a nursemaid. And then the last little fellow we want to look at is over in the book of John, chapter 6. And this is talking about when Jesus was in the, uh, uh, went over the Sea of Galilee to, uh, to Tiberias. And uh, great multitudes of people followed him. And uh, uh, he, it was uh, getting late and he wanted to feed them. And he talked to one of his disciples and uh, said, uh, what about feeding these people? We got to feed them. And uh, he says, Lord, 200 days work, 200 days pay would not be enough to satisfy this bunch. Look at them. Uh, and then they finally said, well, said we've got here a lad down in verse number nine. Uh, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said, Lord, there's a, there's a lad, and that means a little boy. That's, uh, they, uh, the English word lad was used a lot, and it's talked about a little fellow. And says, uh, this little boy is here, and he's got five barley loaves and, uh, and two small fish. Uh, but that's a little boy's lunch. Uh, that's probably what it was, or he might have brought that out to sell it. I don't know. But anyhow, he says, well, let's, let's, let's take that. Uh, let's take that, ask the little boy about it. And he, he let him have his lunch. He didn't know what he was going to do with it. Uh, uh, and as far as I know, somebody might have paid the little boy for his lunch. I don't know. But the little boy let him have his lunch. That's the thing about it, that the little boy was there that day, and he had the lunch, and that's all Jesus needed. That's all he needed. And, and uh, so he uh, uh, gave him uh, that, that lunch. Maybe he thought he was just going to feed the disciples or maybe uh, that just one of them was going to eat. He didn't know, uh, but he just gave it to them, his lunch. And the Lord took that food and prayed over it and blessed it and gave to the disciples. And in this passage here, he says there was about 5,000 people that ate of that food. And they left a lot of leftovers for the next day. 
5,000 people. You say, preacher, you believe that? Why, sure. I believe God could have thrown three of those biscuits in the, in the lake and still had enough. It doesn't matter. The Lord can do whatever needs to be done, but he needs somebody to work through. See, God made man so he could have fellowship with man. And God's work consists of somebody taking his message to somebody else. It's man telling man about God. And that's the way the Lord has chosen. And he chooses children sometimes to do that. We should not deprive them of that privilege. And we should encourage them to be faithful little Christians. You say, but preacher, they're young. They're Christians. They're young. It doesn't matter. These three things prove that it don't have to take enormous amounts of anything to get the job done when we're with the Lord. You remember the illustration I used in the Sunday school this morning told you about? This man was fleeing from his enemy. He uh, was, uh, was just about gone, and he stopped, and, and uh, uh, he, he saw a, a cave. He'd run until he just about out of, out of strength, and he saw this cave. He ducked in that cave. He said, well, I'll just wait in here uh, for him to kill me. I can't run any further. And directly he looked, and he saw a little spider working there in front of him, and a spider built a web across the front of that cave. A little spider built a web across that cave. They come up and looked in that cave and said, well, he may be in there. And they looked and saw that spider web and said, why? Nobody's in there. He'd have to break that web to get in there. They know how quick that little spider could build that web with the, with the help of the Lord. And he said, and this man uh, spoke the words after they got it, uh, after he was, uh, uh, was set free and got away from him. And he says that a spider web is like a wall if God's in it. And a wall is like a spider web if God's not in it. So God makes the difference. And that's what counts. That's what really counts in all of these things. So the, all three of these things uh, happened and, and, uh, it, uh, uh, and, and, and children was used in that. And it's so important. A church that does not train and teach and encourage young people and get those young people involved in the church, that church is going to die. And I'm talking about literally, not just spiritually, but literally is going to die. The old people are going to be gone. Uh, and, and, uh, and, but children have got to come up and step in their places. They've got, they've got to do that. We should never lose sight of that. Never should we lose sight of that. And, and we, need to, we need, need to help them. And they can do so many things while they're little. That's the time to get them started. Get them started in doing the things that, uh, that the Lord would have them to do. Uh, a story is told, and this was told by a missionary that had been in Ecuador. And he told about two young boys that was at the uh, 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 Compassion Project, is what they, they called it. Uh, and these two young boys, and they were brothers, and they were coming down the road or crossing the road one day, and a big truck hit them. And the least one was six years old, and he killed him. The other one survived, but it would take him months for his bones to, uh, uh, to heal. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, the, the people, the, uh, the, the Compassion South Korean Board of Directors was looking after this particular work, was in that country at that time, and they was visiting the projects. And they decided after this little boy, and he was one of the children that they uh, were ministering to, uh, that, uh, that, uh, he would st uh, that they would stay uh, for the, the, the funeral service. And the pastor of the church told him, says, now, it's not customary that children here in Ecuador 
little children attend funerals, and especially when one dies a tragic death like this, that they don't bring them to the funerals. And uh, so they, uh, these folks said, well, that's all right. We want to stay anyway for the funeral. And the, the morning that they had the funeral service, the little chapel was packed out. It was full of people. And lo and behold, there was about 60 youngsters, little fellows, that was in that congregation. And when the pastor got there, he just looked at them people and, I don't know what happened, fellas. I don't know what happened. So these people started talking to the children and asked them why they was there. And more than 50 of these little boys and girls says this little six-year-old boy told us about Jesus and led us to the Lord. That's why we're here. It wasn't a preacher that done it. It was this six-year-old. And he told us about the Lord. Uh, God can use anybody that will allow him to, to use him. Oh, God's wonderful. He's wonderful. He cares about us. He cares about us. He always looks after us, always directs us, and we need to make sure that we do everything that we can uh, to make the youth of our church the best they can be. And that gets a good boost and a good start at home. That's where it starts. Dads and mothers and grandparents, neighbors and friends, to encourage those children. To, uh, uh, you, you know, you can just about talk children into anything. You know, if, if they're, they're trainable when they're little. You know, they, they, they're, they're teachable. Uh, and, and after a while, you know, it's not going to be long till uh, they're going to be just like us. Well, we know it, and if we don't know it, we're too old to learn, you know. So we, but we, we need to make sure that we set the right examples before them. Uh, uh, would you come and play for us? Uh, uh, I have decided to follow Jesus, and it's, it's a, there's a number somewhere. I don't know what it is, but uh, in, the, in the hymn book, it's a beautiful song. And uh, there might be someone here tonight that needs to talk to the Lord, that needs to get, uh, get right with God. And if, and if you uh, do, then this is the time uh, 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 to do it. Uh, 489. <laughs> Saw it just about, Mildred, about the time Mildred told me. 489. And let's, uh, I tell you what, let's just sing a couple of verses of this, uh, this little song, okay? The first one and the last one. And if you're here tonight and you have a decision that needs to be made in your heart and life, uh, whether it be for salvation or whatever it might be, you come and, and take care of that tonight. And the Lord will help you with it. Would you stand with me as we sing on the first and the last verses of 489? I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. 
Let, let's sing the second one to close. Though none one join me, still I will follow. Though no one join me, still I will follow. Though no one join me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. Okay, thank you.